Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're so glad to have you here today, and we'd love if you would leave us a rating and review. We use those. We read them. They help us get better. They help us know what you like. So thank you for doing that. If you haven't yet, please head over, take the couple seconds to leave a rating and review, and we might even read it on an episode. That would be fantastic. I'm super excited about our episode today. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, here in the studio with Nathan and Katie, as usual. Hello. What's up? (laughs) And we've got three guests with us today, uh, and our conversation is going to be around small groups and launching small groups this fall. So, Uh, COVID has affected things for the last year. I think many churches are looking forward to this fall uh, as a great launch point. We know that a lot are back and meeting and all of that kind of stuff too. But this fall, fall always represents a key moment in the timeline of a church, in in seasons for the church. I think this fall is going to be an especially important one. So we wanted to focus in on small group ministry. So we're going to talk to each one of these guys that are with us and what they're planning and how they're approaching their small groups this fall in an effort to help you, give you some ideas, maybe challenge your thinking a little bit or affirm a direction that you might already have as you lead your own student ministry and as you listen to the podcast. So let's start and just kind of go around. Uh, John, we'll start with you and tell us a little bit about uh, where you serve, uh, and get us rolling here with introductions. Yeah, awesome. So I'm John Nugent. Um, I'm serving at Temple Baptist Church. It's in Ruston, Louisiana, so north Louisiana. Um, I've been here a little over eight years um, in student ministry for uh, just over 20 years now. Great. Josh, let's go to you. Yeah, so I'm Josh White. I'm the student pastor at Arrow Heights Baptist Church in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I've been here for five years. I've been in ministry for a total of eight. Great. Larry? Yeah, so I'm Larry Davis. I'm the next generation pastor here at the Journey Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. Been attending here for about nine years. I've been on staff for the last four and a half. All right. See, I love this because we have 20 years. We have eight years. We have Larry that's been on staff four years. So this is it's a great distribution of thought as well as uh, some different locales here. So let's start off with a little bit of current context and just talk for a little bit. And let's go in the same order this time uh, and just talk about how COVID affected your small groups. And again, we're going to be looking towards the future, but I think it's important to talk about this because maybe there have been some things that you've learned during this last season that are helping you get ready for when you launch small groups this fall. So John, let's start with you. How did COVID affect your small groups over the last year? And what are some things that you've learned as you get ready to prepare for this fall? Yeah. So different ways that it affected us. Um, of course, like everybody, we, we shut down for a little while. Um, uh, I know everybody's kind of opened up in different phases and different times and that kind of stuff. We've been uh, back open since uh, kind of full blast, almost since school started in August for us. Okay. Um, so maybe a little bit different than some, um, but it definitely we we went to Zoom meetings for about three months uh, there when it all first started, and uh, trying to do a lot of stuff online and, and taking everything uh, away from in person meetings and that kind of stuff. And uh, I think like most, it started off decently strong. We probably kept ninety ninety five percent of our attendance of what was normal for us for small groups, but. Uh, it dwindled pretty quickly. Uh, we got down at the end of that kind of about two month mark, maybe between two and three months, we were down to about 50% of what we you know normally had. 
Um, so we kind of switched gears. We were able to meet outside um, in a lot of places. So we met at parks, we met on front porches and um, mm-hmm. all kinds of different places. And that kind of got us back up. Um, our students were just, they were already starving for that in-person interaction. So uh, that kind of let us do a little bit of that. Um, so it, it kind of affirmed in me just the value of those small groups, though, uh, as far as what that's taught me. Um, and definitely small group leaders um, and the value mm-hmm. of them. Um, them being able to, even within those groups, some of those groups were ready to get back in person. Some of them were uh, a little more hesitant with that. And just the small group leaders being able to adapt to that uh, meant a lot. Um, so we had some that, you know, uh, they went the extra mile and said, hey, look, I'm going to show up on Zoom meetings in costume uh, just to make my guys <laughs> wonder what I'm going to be wearing next. Um, just to give them incentive of, you know, hey, we're going to see what Kevin's wearing. Uh, so, you know, we're going to show up to the Zoom meeting. Um, some of them did drive by encouragement stuff or they just drive by in their cars to kids' houses and that kind of stuff. And so, uh, there's no way for me with, with our youth group for me to do all of that. Um, uh, right. there's just too many students. Um, so having small group leaders that are that invested, um, that say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to treat this group like my own little youth ministry. Um, and to go out and to do all of those things, to play the games, to switch up their zoom backgrounds, to be ridiculous. And, um, I mean, to text and to send cards, to, form online gaming groups while they can't be in person, like all the stuff that, that small group leaders would do. I uh, mean, it just, it, it so uh, just reinforced the value of those small group leaders to me. Um, Man, that's so great to hear. Uh, Josh, what about you? Think how COVID changed up some things and maybe some things that you learned as you get ready for this fall. So pre COVID we were meeting uh, three weeks out of the month in host homes. Uh, we mm. push our, uh, students to meet with leaders in their host homes uh, by grade. Uh, so we split 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th, and 12th. Okay. And they uh, uh, and it's great. It was fantastic. It was just a, a vision that I'd wanted to implement uh, and did after my first year or two here. Um, but because of COVID, obviously all that shut down. Uh, we tried the online thing for about six weeks uh, last spring, and it just did not fly with our kids. Uh, and so we uh, we actually started meeting back pretty quickly. We we were able to start gathering again in uh, late May uh, as a church, and then we started youth activities in June or July, uh, just outside, just doing volleyball hangouts. We've got a volleyball court that we were able to uh, just start gathering that way, and we actually saw a about a twenty percent increase in attendance, <laughs> just wow. because kids were hungry to be together. Yeah. Uh, so when we kicked back off our official small groups in the fall, uh, instead of doing host homes, uh, just for the sake of uh, me being able to manage the safety aspect, uh, we did start meeting back on site, but we still split uh, by the same grade uh, grade breakdowns uh, and the same small group leaders. So kind of tried to um, have that host home feel uh, and carry that into last fall, but also uh, just do it here so that I didn't want a uh, COVID breakout to happen and then parents be uh, on my leaders. Really, that was more to protect my leaders than anything. I wanted the buck, sure. since the buck stops with me, uh, I was just wanting to keep them safe and keep them uh, supported. Uh, and so that was the biggest change uh, that we've shifted to. Uh, we'll probably go back to host homes this fall. We're kind of in those talks right now as to whether or not we think we can do that. We feel comfortable doing that. Um, one of the biggest things that I've learned, the biggest takeaways is you can't undervalue the relationship. Um, relationships, me with the leaders, relationships with the leaders with the students, uh, just like John was talking, um, those leaders are called to it. 
uh, my leaders are. And so being able to empower them and encourage them to minister in a way that uh, I can't to those students as micro youth ministries, uh, I think is is too valuable not to uh, not to push into. So that's great. Larry, same questions to you. Uh, how COVID changed things and then maybe some things that you've learned as you approach getting ready for the fall. Yeah, yeah. So we, we relaunched mid-June, um, kind of full blast and began having students again. And so our, our dynamic right now, we have Wednesday night worship and uh, we have small groups during our Sunday services. So small groups at 9 a.m., small groups at 11 a.m., they can pick you know, either one they want to, they want to attend. Um, fortunately, we, we've been at 80% capacity from the moment we launched and it's kind of increased since then. So uh, that, was, that was truly a blessing. I think at that point, students were just, you know, kind of like Josh just was saying, you know, they were just hungry to get back into community, uh, to get back in the rhythm of, you know, diving deep into God's word and being next to the people that, that care about them and, you know, and love them. So, um, but, but so it wasn't really on the student end that we had some difficulty. It was, it was more on the leaders um, we had certain leaders that we couldn't get back with them just yet, whether it was uh, some, some family things or uh, maybe, you know, some situations the kids were more vulnerable to uh, the virus. So, you know, there's a lot of different things we had to begin to navigate uh, through. So you had students who had strong relationships with those leaders and you're, you're having to navigate through that. And, and for the leaders themselves, you know, trying to, to increase the intentionality there. Uh, helping them still feel connected and that they weren't letting us down, you know what I mean, for, for not being there, but also helping them transition back into it and um, giving them real responsibilities when they, when they got there. Because, you know, what, what began to happen whenever they were ready to get back into a rhythm, they saw someone else in their chair, you know, a, a newer leader that we, we needed to kind of fill the void and begin to equip them. So let them know that they weren't being replaced. Um, but this is this is who the Lord brought, and you know, and from there, at the same time, not allowing that new leader to feel like they were just a fill-in for you know yeah. for this this really great leader in the past. So, um, laboring to make sure that chemistry was strong there, and yeah, it just took a lot of intentionality, I think. And then from there, scheduling leaders because as things begin to open up. This is the first time they were able to get out of the house and, and do things. So, um, yeah, it was just a, a lot of things there that we had to, you know, be intentional and navigate through. So it wasn't so much for the students, but more so uh, for my leaders to make sure that we're caring for them well. Um, but also being lenient, like, hey, this is the first time they're able to travel with their families and um, or able to yeah. go back to work and things of that nature. So that was a big thing we had to navigate through. So, Larry, you bring up an interesting piece of this, and that's like the recruitment of leaders side. Mm-hmm. So. There is a season where some leaders, for whatever reason, couldn't be as involved during during COVID and now are looking to come back. But you've had to recruit other leaders to stand in the gap while they've yeah. been gone. And that does create an interesting dynamic So that you talked about a little bit there and helping mm-hmm. them make sure and know, like, hey, we don't want this leader to feel like a fill-in and right. we don't want this leader to feel like we replaced them. I'd love to hear a little bit more on some from all three of you. And Larry, we can start back with you. Mm-hmm. Talk about some of the challenges that you're experiencing right now, recruiting new leaders. And feel free to say, too, like if it's going awesome and you're not experiencing challenges mm-hmm. recruiting new leaders right now, then let then say that and talk about kind of how you've gotten to that place. But, Larry, let's start with you this time. And just 
What challenges are you experiencing in recruiting leaders as you get ready? Yeah, yeah, great question. So when they when those leaders that we previously had, whenever they got back into the rhythm, I, I made sure to make uh, to help them prioritize worship. I was like, look, for the for your first month, I don't want you in the small group room. I want you to go to worship with your family, and I that's I want you to go there, and I want you to go home. And um, you know, it, it took some time for them to really see the value, and that they're like, no, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to hop into serving, but I didn't want them to feel like it was business only. You know, I wanted them yeah. to come and prioritize and just really soak it in because, you know, I think I can speak for all of us. That first Sunday of worship was very overwhelming and it was just much needed. So nourishing uh, for that. And then and then from there, I think the the ongoing challenge with recruiting. So it comes naturally. Uh, I have to have the opportunity to, to preach on the weekends uh, here and there. And uh, our lead pastor, he's just so gracious and, and kind. And he always says, hey, whenever you have those opportunities to preach on the weekends, give a student ministry plug on the front end of a sermon. Like, let them know who you are. And that that itself, you know, there's some credibility that comes and people kind of get excited uh, from there. Uh, but I only preach like maybe eight times a year. So in between then, I think the big challenge falls on me. I just don't cast vision enough of student ministry mm-hmm. because I think naturally people run from <laughs> people run from student <laughs> ministry because uh, it, it's challenging. It, it's challenging. Uh, but they, until they hear my heart and where we're headed as a student ministry, they're not really excited, you know, about it. So uh, I think that's really the big challenge for me. I, I just got to make sure that we're being creative and casting vision every opportunity that we can to say, hey, we exist and we want to walk with parents and, and students. So that's really the big challenge uh, for us. Yeah. Josh, what about you? Challenges that you're experiencing? So our biggest uh, hurdle, well, we're kind of in a, a phase of recruiting right now. We, we went through a, with the COVID transition, we uh, changed some programming programming up uh, for our Sunday mornings. We kind of took the uh, student ministry Sunday school time off the table, um, which I had a, a huge chunk of leaders serving there that weren't able to serve on Wednesday nights. And so I ended mm-hmm. up losing probably half of my leader wow. uh, leader group, which wasn't a huge deal because I wasn't trying to replace a different time slot with that with that one but um now we're headed into fall and things are kind of getting back to normal and i don't think we'll be adding back a sunday school hour but we are in need of kind of rebuilding that pool a little bit and so that's been one of the biggest biggest hurdles just the programming change uh, that established that loss the other side is just complacency uh, people are worried things are going to change and so they're not wanting to jump in and commit uh, full on uh, because they don't know what fall might look like. Uh, and there's really not a huge question as to what the fall is going to look like here in Tulsa, but there's been so much change in the last year that they're just shell-shocked. <laughs> and aren't we all, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, So I think that's one of my biggest hurdles, just trying to convince people that uh, ministry's still happening uh, and we need as many adults as possible. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. We, when we go to camp, we take – this is just an example, but we – we take maybe 70 to 80 kids and I take 20 to 25 adults with me uh, for peace of mind. But also I'm spreading myself out as much as possible. The more adults I can pack in front of those kids, the better um, just for connection. Uh, yeah. And so I, I'm, I'm hurting a little bit as far as that ratio goes uh, on our Wednesday night programming. Uh, but uh, but it's it's worth the fight. So, yeah. John, what about you? 
Yeah, so similar struggles um, that are there, but um, for us, I mean, right now, I've got a, an amazing group of, of leaders. So we're we're fairly traditional Sunday school um, that happens, you know, at at church and um, you know before or after worship, we kind of have two different hours there. But um, I have an amazing group of leaders right now, um, and uh, I actually didn't lose any um, through this COVID season. Still got those, and um, we've actually um, expanded. We're going to add a couple classes in with our youth stuff this next year, so I've got to recruit for that. Um, but one of our biggest struggles is really um, making sure that I'm not lowering expectations um, mm-hmm. or standards um, just because I've got a spot to fill. Um, every once in a while, we get the uh, the young adult that's fresh out of college or uh, maybe even right out of high school. It's like, hey, I want to serve in youth ministry. And it's just because they feel like they don't fit somewhere else. Um, or we get a, a parent that's you know like, hey, I want to I teach Sunday school. Um, but it's really just to hover over their child. <laughs> Um, not really just a few Sunday school. Um, and so we, you know, we try to keep some high expectations for sure. Um, you know, and, and not just, not just fill the spot because it needs to be filled. Um, and so that's kind of one of our big struggles. Uh, we've been blessed here at our church. Um, kind of like Larry said, I've got a pastor who championed youth ministry for me. Um, and so we, we've got a great group of adults, um, and they, they've been awesome. And so that helps, um, because they attract other great adults. Um, so we, we like to celebrate stories. Um, the more that we celebrate youth ministry and what God's doing there, um, the, the easier it is to recruit people to come be a part of what God's doing. That's great. Well, we've talked kind of about what happened, kind of where are we now and what, what was learned from that. And now let's move and talk about what you're going to be doing this fall. Uh, and just to give listeners an idea of how you structure your groups and some things that you're going to be doing when you launch. Josh, I know you mentioned, hey, like we didn't have Sunday morning for a while and we lost these leaders. And so as you get ready to start back in the fall, let's just really practically talk about what are you starting back from a program perspective? Does it go back to the classes on Sunday mornings or are you making some changes? What are you going to be doing with your groups this fall? So one thing we were able to do because we transitioned away from the uh, you know stereotypical Sunday school hour uh, pre-service on Sunday mornings, we were able to re-engage our students in ways uh, where they could serve on Sunday mornings. Uh, and so that's not something I'm going to give up lightly uh, because it's been working really well. Uh, it's connecting our students to other adults uh, across right. a wider demographic uh, where they're already serving uh, in kind of an informal mentorship role. Uh, and so that's been that's been a huge win uh, for us. And I know that has nothing to do with small groups necessarily. But as far as programming goes in the fall, we're kind of making a big push to um, our Wednesday night, six to eight hour. Um, and we're looking at doing a, a hybrid model of half of the month being in host homes uh, or maybe one week in a host home and then doing some form of rotating classes uh, on Wednesday nights. And, and those classes can range from anything to uh, new believers class to apologetics to um, how to manage finances Uh, i mean really my heart for these students is really to uh, train them in ways that they can take the gospel into a college setting uh, and uh, apply the gospel to any work environment that they're working in so we even considered doing like uh, job exploration uh, on Wednesday nights as classes that students sign up for just to kind of uh, engage them in different ways and uh, figure out how to uh, use the gospel to uh, in those areas, not just for 
full-time vocational ministry. Uh, and so that's that. those are some ideas. And I know, I know that's super vague and nebulous, but it's because we're still really working on it and trying to lock down on what that's going to look like. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think this is, I'm actually really glad to hear you say that because this, this is the timing of the release of this podcast is meant to catch people as they're thinking about it. And saying, okay, what are we going to be doing this fall, being a few months away and about to get into the busyness of summertime, making some plans now? And so, man, I really like the like life skills. How does the gospel intersect like my choice for a job someday and how I manage my money? I think that's a really, really cool aspect of student ministry that I think uh, is underutilized sometimes. So I, I think that's a really that's a really neat idea. Larry, what about you? What are you getting ready to do, like programming wise, as you guys approach this fall? Yeah, it was funny. I, you know, you asked the question. I'm like, man, whatever I say here, you guys are going to hold me accountable to do it. <laughs> great. So I'm stuck to it. Um, yeah. So so since we relaunched, it's it's been a big passion of mine to really interweave apologetics into everything that we do. You know, I'm, I'm sure on this podcast, I don't have to go into a lot of detail. It's just everything that we're in the culture war right now. And a lot of students are confused on, you know, how do we even think about certain things? And there's so many, so much language is being redefined. They don't know what's truth anymore. So we, you know, we made a point to, to kind of being in, embed apologetics and everything that we do. So we'll continue that. Um, but uh, this fall, a uh, shift that we're, we're taking is to make sure that we're doing a little more expository teaching, you know, in, in small groups to make sure students are actually, you know, they're learning how to selfie, they're learning how to how to read God's word in its entirety. And, you know, because young minds, you know, the danger is for them to see a verse or two and they just kind of are tempted to apply it in the way that they desire to do it. So we, we want to make sure that they're um, learning, you know, holistically God's word and um and from that from that kind of building out a self-feeding curriculum so everything that we're learning in small group what's kind of leading up to um what what's in between this this next small group gathering are they yeah. are we providing opportunities for them to dive deeper into God's word on their own because that's the that's a big thing we want them to we want to develop self-feeders you know we want to yeah. develop students who can read and pray on their own um, you know, we feel like that's that's something that we should steward really well. So along with that, you know, we, we believe that parents are the primary disciple makers, you know, of their students. So uh, adding in that self-feeding curriculum and everything that they're diving into small group in between that time, you know, Monday through through Saturday, having parent involvement where to the point literally they have to sign off. Parents have to sign off that they've talked to their student about this and they have to present these packets uh, the following Sunday, so to their leaders, so just some some parent accountability as well. So, um, just yeah, just really honing in on deep discipleship because I was just super convicted, um, you know, a couple of years ago to say just because students are attending small groups, it doesn't mean that they're being discipled. So we want to we want to truly equip parents and and put resources in students' hands for them to further discipleship in the home. I love that. How are if we could camp out for just a second, how are the parents responding to that little bit of extra accountability for them? Is that yeah. something that you feel like they've, I mean, obviously there's going to be people all across the spectrum, right? Yeah. But how, what's the feedback that you've gotten on that? So we haven't done it yet. 
That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so that's starting this yeah, fall. That, gotcha. That's what's going to start this fall. Um, but uh, we'll have to have a follow up episode. We'll come. We'll come yeah. back and revisit. I'm on the hook now. I, I was hesitant to say this. I was like, man, nah, they're going to ask me about this. You know, this is great. <laughs> this is great. We we need to shift gears. You know, to this. So I'm curious. I, I, that's the exact question that was circulated in my brain. How would this be? Um, what will be the response? And we're really going to hold parents accountable. You know, to say, hey, yeah, you got to do this. You got to do this. Yeah, I love it, man. I, fantastic stuff, John. What about you? As we approach this fall, uh, what is your programming going to look like? Yeah, so our programming, we're still we're we're that traditional, you know, Southern Baptist church. Uh, we still have uh, fairly, uh, you know, stereotypical Sunday school those kind of things, which. Uh, we'll expand, add a couple of classes to that in the fall for sure. Uh, one of the things that we want to do differently, just kind of coming out of COVID, something we've noticed, um, you know, like Larry was saying with parents here, um, is that they're they're really kind of reevaluating uh, what they're um, spending their time doing and what they're allowing their children to spend time doing. It, it was where they just go and they play every sport and do everything that was available. Um, we've seen a lot of parents just kind of step back from a lot of it. Um, they've been forced to take that break. They've appreciated that time at home um, without that busy schedule. And so they've been kind of hesitant a little bit with some things. And so one of the things we'll do as far as our small group stuff in Sunday school um, is really do a push to our parents um, and letting them see the value um, of what's going on in these small groups. Uh, we want to open that communication with them a lot. We'll do a big open house, um, kind of talk about some of these practical changes that we've got going on and then um, let parents hear from small group leaders, um, not just me, um, but to hear from those small group leaders as well uh, about their goals, about their plans. Um, we do this kind of a, um, I don't know, kind of a one big night. Uh, we'll do that together. Um, and then part of that we've uh we, we we started right before COVID hit and didn't get to follow all our implementation out but um we've got eight different areas where we want to see students grow um that we kind of stole um from a book and uh we say look we want students to grow in these eight areas um and then we took our programming and, and kind of what we want to see students look like at the end of, of 12th grade and we say look we want we feel like they're a disciple um if we can measure and we can say hey they've done these things they've been part of these things they've led these things or whatever it may be and so we have a big long huge list of things that we'd love for them to be able to say hey i've, I've done these things i've seen god do these things in me through me um in my time in youth ministry we match those up with those eight areas um, and then we get that with our small group leaders and our small group leaders can then kind of help uh, you know pass that along with students as well but then also do that with parents um, and they can come in at the beginning of a year and say, hey, look, here's our plan. Here's what we want to see your child do. Um, and then something that we didn't get to do uh, was at the end of that year, be able to sit back down with parents and say, hey, look, we feel like your student um, is great in uh, leading in worship. Um, and maybe they've got knowledge um, about the Bible, but we really want to see them grow in apologetics. Um, or we want to see them grow in like scripture memorization or some other area that we've got nailed down. Um, just having parents to be able to buy into that and be able to say, look, these, these small group leaders are not just, you know, filling 30 minutes on a Sunday morning. Um, they're not just there, um, you know, helping to occupy my child for a little while. Uh, but man, I can see that they really want my student to grow spiritually. Um, and they're, they're trying to measure that, that spiritual growth. Um, and then they're challenging me as a parent to say, Hey, look, we want them not to just grow here, but look, here's some ways, very practical ways in this youth ministry where they can plug in and grow in those areas. Uh, and that's something we're really looking forward to doing. We got kind of the half, the first half of that done um, before COVID. 
Uh, but I'm looking forward to really seeing uh, that second half um, of going back to those parents um, and really kind of communicating, hey, look, this is where we see your child growing. This is where we think they can grow more. Um, be able to show them very practical and measurable ways um, of how that happens. Um, so just kind of bring parents in more um, and show them the value of what these small groups really are. Yeah, man, I really like that personalized. Hey, this is something we see in your student and how they're growing and also how you can come alongside them and help them to continue to grow. I love, love that approach. So I want to kind of wrap up our conversation with a really important topic that is on student ministry leaders minds all the time. And I think especially right now is training leaders. And how are we going to train and get them ready for the fall and then continue that training throughout next year? Uh, Josh mentioned, hey, like I've, I'm going to have a lot of new leaders because I, I had a lot of new I had a lot of my old leaders not be able to continue. Um, not as big of an issue for John, as he mentioned, and Larry's having people come back. And so we have three different spots and contexts where this training question is going to be different for all of you, which I think is the power of a conversation like this to give people a, a, a different story, a different perspective of the student ministry story. So John, let's start with you. And I'd love to hear uh, just how you're thinking about training and what are some things that you're doing uh, and considering to train your leaders to be ready for this next year of ministry? Yeah, so we, we really value adult leaders. Um, I don't know if I've really said that, if we've really talked about that, but we you know, there's, there's student ministry that use maybe older students to lead in some small groups, maybe college students or those kind of things. But I mean, we, we really focus in on, on, on like for real adults. Um, there's a book called You Lost Me by David Kinnaman. Um, then even your book uh, that Within Reach that you did not too long ago. Um, you talk about the value of having multiple adults um, in the lives yeah. of students. Um, and so I know there's youth ministries that kind of have a small group leader that goes with those students throughout the years. Um, for us, we just, it's different. Um, those, yeah. those leaders stay kind of within a, an, an age. So most of ours are broken down um, by gender and then by grade. So there's a seventh grade boys and seventh grade girls. And, you know, it's, it's all broken that way. Um, and so I've got a lot of parents um, that are also leaders. And they may not be parents of, of students. A lot of them are kind of parents of like four-year-olds and, you know, eight-year-olds. Um, but for training to happen, um, I've found that um, it's almost as important to have something for their kids to do. Um, I'm not going to get those parents up there unless I've got something for their kids to do. Um, so that's something I learned fairly early. Um, that, hey, if I want adults to show up, I got to have something for their kids to do. Um, so providing childcare, man, you got to do it. Yeah. Um, so we do that. We get something significant for their kids. We'll feed their kids. Um, all that kind of stuff. Is if we're going to train adults. Um, for me, I am. I'm blessed. I've got um, the majority of my leaders um, have been with me um, probably for three, four years and plus. Um, so we really get to kind of build um, on what we've kind of already been doing with them. Um, but a, a big thing that we do in, in our training is really just celebrating. Um, I've found that if we can, we, the, the old adage is that you get what you celebrate. Um, and so if I can take and tell stories um, about our, our, our small group leaders, um, I, I tend to see that then lived out by the other small group leaders. Um, this past um, year, since, since January, um, we've been able to baptize eight different students um, from our student ministry, which is phenomenal um, in the middle of all that's going on. Um, but there's six of those eight. Um, they had that conversation, that gospel conversation um, with their small group leader that led them to Christ. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it wasn't with me. It wasn't with parents. It was, it was with small group leaders. That's so good. Um, so when I get to share those stories with the other small group leaders as a part of our training, then they get to kind of see a little bit more of this vision, a little bit more of this idea of them being youth ministers with their own small groups. And um, so we, we, we celebrate a whole bunch um, in communicating that, um, that vision and kind of those expectations. Um, and that celebration tends to be a little bit better training than, hey, you're not doing this part right. Um, yeah. We, we love right. the celebration aspect of it all. Um, we love to, we, we send them, we give them swag and we, we do gifts throughout the year just to encourage them, especially this last year. They needed the encouragement. Um, so yeah. it's encouragement along the way, whether it's a, you know, uh, bringing them a favorite Sonic drink or, you know, uh, sending them a pizza to their house, like whatever it may be. But um, we love just encouraging, celebrating, uh, really focusing on positive stuff, building on what's already there. I like it. Hey, nothing hits like a favorite Sonic drink. That would matter. Anytime I can get it, I am all in. I love it. Uh, Josh, what about you? What do you think in training wise as you approach this fall and the, and the year coming up in your context? So as we, as we continue to recruit, uh, we're going to be pushing to a big training that we're going to do mid-August. Um, and since we are going to have hopefully uh, several new uh, new leaders at that training, we'll be discussing just uh, best practices, uh, you know, how to lead a good small group, how to connect well with students, how to uh, engage with parents uh, midweek uh, in such a way that uh, provides them with the tools to build those relationships. Um, and so that that is kind of a once a year thing that we uh, haven't been super consistently, so we haven't done it in two years, obviously. But um, uh, that'll be one thing that we do this fall specifically. Um, and then um, once a month between now and the fall, we'll gather um, with all of our current leaders and anybody else that wants to join just to uh, first build relationships. Um, I've got, I do have a, a fantastic set of leaders. Um, I inherited most of my leaders from uh, the guy that was here before me. He's still on staff here. Um, but he did a phenomenal job of vetting the leaders that he put in place um, to the point that until COVID hit, I had lost of between 25 and 30 leaders that I had working with me. I lost two uh, and they were only, that was two in four years and they were only leaving because wow. of seasonal changes. Uh, yeah. You know, kids graduating and they just felt like, felt the need to move on to something else. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm kind of reaping the benefits of that legacy even still. Uh, and so for me to bring them in uh, to do a training, a lot of those are training me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's which great. Is, yeah. Which is helpful, right? Uh, and yeah. so uh, they're the cream of the crop. And so I bring in new people. Uh, I'm able to kind of point to their, uh, their expertise in a lot of ways uh, and let them kind of take the lead in some of those trainings. And so I'm looking forward to this summer uh, and how we, how we pull that off. I'm really hopeful that uh, – uh, that we get some really good, solid new leaders in um, to join us. So, yeah, man, anytime you can use great leaders to train other leaders, that's the <laughs> that's the best case scenario right there. Larry, what about you? How are you guys approaching training? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, John and Josh, I learned a lot from you guys. <laughs> just from, just, you know, just from <laughs> your guys' response. So I'm taking notes over here. Um, but yeah, so I, I think for us, uh, one big thing that I've been wanting to implement is uh, on-ramp videos for, 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 for newer leaders. So whenever they come on, just a series of videos to uh, get into uh, the theology side, but also the practicality of leading students. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think back to the, the Lifeway Students episode of 
leading uh, college students up and not out. That has been really, really big for us and something that's the language that I've been uh, kind of adopted and been using here. And just a series of on-ramp videos that they can, uh, something really quick, but also very efficient that they can watch and and kind of know, um, you know, feel, feel a little more confident before they sit down in those seats. Um, I think along with that uh, in-person leader trainings, I, I didn't, really realized how much I enjoyed being together uh, until quarantine hit. So really after that, anytime we can get our people together, and I, and I know everyone has their own schedules and, and that type of thing, but um, being strategic on, you know, whether it's once a quarter or twice a year, uh, big blowout leadership trainings and, you know, with, with the full the full thing, games, you know, uh, their favorite sonic drinks and snacks and, and things of that nature. But it it's just easier for me personally to cast vision in person. I don't think email really convey tone. You know, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. it really capture the energy that you want uh, to get your people fired up and, and excited about uh, the season ahead. So um, doing those uh, weekly, but uh, along with that weekly encouragement, um, we just got our leadership development earlier today. And something that, you know, Pastor always emphasizes, you know, the old adage of vision leaks. And yeah. You know, so being able to cast vision regularly or weekly, you know, to our people to remind them of why they do what they do and what they do matters. And they're really making an impact uh, for the kingdom that goes far beyond their their knowledge and and understanding as well. So uh, but I think a big part of of the training is the relationship side as well. You know, getting to know your leaders, caring for them, Um, you know, but there's a true relationship established I think uh, the training goes smoothly and I think it's uh, yeah. there's already an organic trust kind of built. So there's a lot of the things that we're looking, especially toward this fall, is um, not not killing them with meetings, but but making sure that our time together is very fruitful and beneficial and that they walk away more confident than they were before. So, yeah. Well, it has, uh, we wanted to do an episode like this from three different perspectives and three different contexts of ministry, because once again, I think there's so much value in seeing the different perspectives of the story of student ministry. So as listeners, as you have listened today, I hope that you have learned as we have, and hopefully as, as we all have from each other, uh, in how to approach groups this fall and what God is doing in different areas of the country and through leaders and through student ministries. I hope that you're encouraged. I hope that you're challenged. One of the ways that we want to continue to come alongside you in your group's ministry is through uh, our small group launch guide. So as you evaluate how COVID has affected small group gatherings for students, we would love to invite you to walk through our free small group launch guide. This interactive guide gives you questions to consider as you chart the course for fall groups. And there are videos that take you a little bit deeper into each of those areas of consideration as well. You can find the videos and the guide at youtube.com slash student ministry that matters. If you want to continue diving into this topic as you approach the fall, Larry and Josh and John, I'm so thankful that you would give time to spend with us today and with the podcast audience to talk through things that you've learned, are learning and what you're getting ready to do this fall. I think it's been a real benefit to everybody that's going to hear this. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you for letting me be part of it. Yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Well, this has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We will see you next week.